What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. guys five movies this is the quick cage this is one of your co-hosts chris gasberry this is frank pelican and tonight frank what movie are you going to talk about of from the nicholas cage filmography uh tonight we're going to talk about 2014's outcast uh starring mr cage and hayden christensen um so what okay so what's this movie what's what's this movie about so I really have to tell you like the premise and the plot because it sets up everything else about the movie really well. And I guess just kind of shows you how ridiculous it is. So Nick Cage and Hayden Christensen are crusaders during like, you know, the crusades and huh. Hayden Christensen is a prince or something like that. Um, they go into this Muslim town and Hayden Christensen is all about like murder and all the Muslims. But Nicolas Cage is getting weary of it and is trying to tell him, like, let's just make peace and, like, be done with it. Um, so Nicolas Cage, like, abandons Hayden Christensen. He's, like, his protector or whatever, his bodyguard. And he abandons him, like, before they do this big, like, raid. Um, and Hayden Christensen ends up murdering, like, a bunch of people. But then sees, like, the other crusaders killing, like, women and children. And so he also is like, oh, this is terrible. Like, what have we been doing? And he abandons the Crusades. <laughs> so they disappear for, like, a long time, I guess. So fast forward years. And the crown prince of China, maybe? I don't know if it's just China or some city in China. I can't remember. Some, like, province or whatever. Um the the king of this place, the emperor, is about to die, and he's going to bypass his eldest son, who's a warlord, like the leader of the army, in favor of giving the emperorship to his youngest son, who's sensitive and smart and, like, well-read. Um, but that doesn't sit well with the older son, so the older son, you know, obviously conspires to have the younger son, like, murdered, so then he can just assume the throne. So Hayden Christensen now is an opiate addict, opium addict, who's okay. wandering around just like eating opium. And the princess and the young prince like run into him and they like form this unlikely bond. <clears throat> and Hayden Christensen decides that he's going to because he's like the greatest swordsman ever. That's 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 like a, a subplot of the movie. OK. Decides that he's going to save him. And so they have all these misadventures, but they finally end up on Bandit King Mountain. And the Bandit King is Nicolas Cage, who's the, talking in with the English. Ban- the Bandit yeah. King? Ba- Bandit King. He's the, the king of the bandits. Like he's Bandit King. Okay. Bandit. All right. He bandit. Like Robert. Right. He's a, okay. He's a yeah. Or a thief. Whatever. He's Bandit King. I thought you were saying Panda King, but with a B. Like no, that'd be awesome if he was the Panda King. (laughs) No, 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 he's just King of the Bandits. So he's married to a Chinese woman whose tongue got cut out by soldiers that were led by the elder brother who's now in charge. 
and he hates Hayden Christensen because he thinks that Hayden Christensen's a murderer. But then they reconcile, and then they fight the evil brother's army, and Hayden Christensen beats him in one-on-one combat and wins the throne for the young kid. And Nicolas Cage dies. But Nicolas Cage, like, okay, so number one. Hayden how long, how, what's the screen time for Nicolas Cage in this movie? Hmm, 40 minutes, maybe. No, okay. right. And it's like a two hour movie. I, so you have to figure that there's the first part with them, like, being the Crusaders or whatever. And that lasts for 20 minutes, maybe. And then there's the whole end part, which is another 25 minutes with Nick Cage being the okay. Bandit King. Not Panda King. Um, one of the best Nicolas Cage accents in any movie ever because he's trying to affect a British accent, but mm. also kind of like a gruff pirate accent. <laughs> so, I, uh, let me see if I can do it. Boy, blimey. He talks like this. Why he just says. The bandit king. I don't know. I, I I can't remember any quotes from the movie. Um, basically, like let's make up a line, and I I want to hear this accent. <laughs> I gotta I gotta I gotta get in the mindset of the accent again. Hold on, because okay. I got out of it. Oh, oh blimey, governor. Um, <laughs> every man lives. Every man dies. Not every man truly lives. <laughs> and, but so he's also got like his Nicolas Cage like long hair like early 2000s long hair which is a wig and he's got it pulled back in the most ridiculous ponytail with like three other ponytails like coming down behind it like it's the worst haircut and so so did you say so so it's a ponytail with three other ponytails I think I mean that's the only way I can really describe it it's like kind of like a lion's mane but if a lion's mane was like crimped in certain places okay I mean he's meant to look menacing because he's the right. bandit king, you know, like everybody's afraid of him. Um, right. And I guess he's the second best swordsman in the land. Because Hayden Christensen's the best swordsman, like in the world. Okay. So it's funny because so this he asked me all the time about like why does Nicolas Cage make movies, and this movie was just made a hundred percent for money. Like it was funded, co-funded by um, like Chinese production companies. Um, I don't know if it was ever even released in America. Like, if you look up the official poster art and everything, it's all in uh, Mandarin. So my mm-hmm. guess is it was just released in China. But the premise is that they needed these two white European dudes to, like, come and learn to be Chinamen so they could save the day. Like, rescue the Chinese prince. Because right. nobody else can do it. So it's pretty racist in that respect. Right. Like, if, if this was an American movie, like... um. What's that movie with uh, Matt Damon where he plays, like, the great white savior? Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Or the, Nicola, the um, uh, Keanu Reeves one, the 47 Ronin or whatever. Right. Where, yeah. like, he is the greatest swordsman in the world. He just happens to be this white guy from, like, Europe or whatever. I mean, sure, it would be yep. cultural appropriation and people would have been... I, no one would have cared about this movie because whatever. Like, I doubt that yeah. many people have ever even seen it. It did, um, it did not receive a it did not receive a theatrical release in the United States, but it earned three point eight million in China and nine hundred seventy nine thousand in other territories. Bro. <laughs> I mean, it so looks it made, like it, it looks like it cost about twenty dollars to make. So yeah, it made a cool four point eight um, million at the at the box office um, worldwide. 
I always feel like Chinese box office grosses are much smaller than like regular box office grosses. Like when you when you read them, and it feels like it should be the opposite of that because they have more people going to the movies. But I don't know. Like I always feel like there's like less money being put out in China to go to the movies. Yeah, course, maybe it's now cheaper. They're, now they're the only people that can go to the movies. So Russia and North Korea, I'm sure. Well, no, no North Korea. Then, then never mind. Yeah, North Korea doesn't have any movies. They're well, they watching, do. They're watching the Kim Kim, Kim Jong Un movie Part Seventeen. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just like some version of the King's Speech with like Kim Jong Un like playing the role. Right. Well, like there's like one 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 of the films is three hours long and it's like all of his badminton triumphs and then <laughs> one of the films is like the meals of Kim Jong Kim Jong Un and you just like watch him eat. It should be like uh Air Bud, um, but with like Kim Jong Un like right. Flying, um, yeah. Oh, that's like ah oh, Jesus, that's like that um that uh friggin um Thirty Rock. Episode. Oh right, yeah, with Tracy Morgan. Right, yes, right. Yeah. Where he he does yeah. the buddy cop movie with Tracy. Right. Oh uh, right, because there's that excellent thing. Because who is that? That's um, what's her name from um, who plays Kim Jong Un in that? I can't remember. It's not. No, I don't remember who it is. Margaret Cho. Is plays. it Margaret Cho? Yeah, it is. Uh huh. I almost said that, but I was like, you're being racist. You're just right. No, it's Margaret Cho. But yeah, there's that uh, fucking hilarious thing where like it's Kim Jong Un doing the um Alec Baldwin um Glengarry Glenn right. Ross like all <laughs> right. ABC stuff. Yeah, hilarious. Uh, all right, really so fun. back to the, so back to this movie. Okay, so Hayden Christensen is the star of this movie then. Yeah, okay. I would say. All right, it Nicholas, Nicholas Cage looks like he gets top billing in this though. Well, yeah, because he's the more famous person. Like even back then. That's mm. your box office draw is Nick Cage. Right. And I mean, he plays like the he does a few movies around this time where he's basically playing the same character, which is like the wise world weary, like expert in something mm-hmm. that's just trying to like get through. It's basically like the um, uh, fucking um, Danny Glover character in uh, Lethal Weapon. Like, mm. I just want to get to retirement. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to get through I'm too this. old for this shit. Yeah. I'm too old for this shit. So I guess he had gotten to a certain point where he was in his, like, late 40s, early 50s, where he's like, this is just what I'm going to do now. Um, So he's got this, and he's got uh, Season of the Witch, and mm. uh, there's some other stuff from around that time. A couple, like, crime movies where that's his thing, where, like, oh, I just wanted to get out of the game, and you guys are bringing me back in, so... This is the by far the worst example of it with him playing the Cockney pirate with the sort of Chinese accent. I, I I wish I could do the accent. Like I'm trying to like pull it together in my brain, and I right. just can't get to that part where like it, it works. Yeah, it just sounded like Sean Connery earlier. <clears throat> yeah, but it's Sean Connery. It's like a bad imitation of Sean Connery while you're drinking rum, <laughs> and like. I don't know, like inhaling instead of ex. I it, it's 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 difficult to explain. <laughs> it's like that. It's like everything's. I don't know. It's weird, mm. Mm. but um, okay. it's good. Like it's. I don't know if I would say that it's a it's worth watching as a movie because it's really a bad movie. Um, it doesn't even have very good fight scenes in it. Like the action scenes are really. There's a couple that are decent. There's actually one that reminds me a lot of um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. 
like the big castle assault in uh-huh. Thieves. Um, it's similar, like in tone and composition to that. Um, but most of it's just terrible. And Hayden Christensen is not a good actor. And I don't know. Nicholas Cage is just being weird. So okay. So how do you think? How do you think this ended up getting developed? Like in the sense of like the story. Do you think it started out with okay, we're going to do something during the Crusades, and then do you think the China thing came first? No, I think that maybe it was probably it was probably the idea. So who 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 wrote the movie? Tell me who wrote the movie, and I'll tell you what I think. You don't know who this person is. Yeah, but just give me a name, and that's all I need. Oh, okay, I see what you're doing. Okay, uh, James Dormer. All right, so this dude had this idea and couldn't get it financed. Like, somebody had this idea of this fish-out-of-water, you know, ex-crusader who's, like, redeeming himself for his past sins in this foreign land. Which honestly isn't like a terrible idea. I mean, it's kind of like Shogun or whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just went and like they found this, you know, Chinese hedge fund corporation probably that needed to invest in something. You got them to invest in that. And the way they sold it was like, oh, we'll get like big American stars. And Nicolas Cage, you know, at the time was getting the shit suit out of him all the time for, like, back taxes and whatever, like, all the stuff, like, child support or whatever. I mean, he was, like, really, like, broke. So right. he would just do anything for money. So, I mean, Nicolas Cage is probably, like, 50% of the budget, like, having him in there. Sure. So I'm sure that's how it got made. Okay. It started out as, like, an American production, and then they got Chinese funding in order to make it, but then the Chinese wanted to you know have it set in china it's also probably based on some friggin like chinese legend because a lot of that that's stuff. what that's what i'm saying so it's like they just shoehorn some sort of by old chinese legend well like, the, after the fact it's like it was probably this whole different story the story of the 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 basic story of like the emperor like overlooking the older prince in favor of the younger child who's more like, you know, to, to like take him out. I mean, that's Rashomon, right? And not Rashomon, Ron. No, Ron, and, right. Yeah. There's a lot of like Asian. Yeah, like, it's King Lear. Yeah. Myth that follows the same exact like storyline. Right. You could find like dozens of movies like that. So I'm yeah, saying this that the boilerplate story of King Lear and then smack the Crusades on top of it. So this was, so here's what I think this, here's how I think it developed is I think you're right. It was an American American screenplay. It was the Crusades, and it took place somewhere else. Chi- Chinese want to produce it and release it over there, so they shoehorn some sort of like bullshit Chinese myth that's like every other myth, like um, like a story. They shoehorn that in, and then they're like, "We need Nicolas Cage." Well, who's Nicolas Cage going to play? And there's no roles for Nicolas Cage, so then they create the fucking Panda King. Right. And he and he he plays that role, and they shoehorn that in, and there's your movie. God, I wish that they would have gone to Australia instead of to China. That would have been so much funnier, <laughs> right? So like, yeah, so just so you know, the guy that wrote this has no, li- basically nobody has a link on Wikipedia that was involved with the production of this movie. That's... Um. That's appropriate. That's fine. That includes uh, 
all but one of the production companies that put money behind this as well. <clears throat> so the director has no um, no link on Wikipedia. The writer has no link on Wikipedia. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But, I, think, uh, I, think, I, I, I think there's just these production companies that exist in order to let, like, hedge funds and mutual, like, you know, places that are, like, venture capital firms, like, invest money in something. Mm-hmm. That's not, like, a business. It's, like, we're investing in this movie. And, you know, the movie gets made and those companies get dissolved because they're all, like, shell companies anyway. And then, you know, Nicolas Cage gets paid. And that's what really matters. Is there a sequel to this movie? Beats me. I haven't seen it. Why do you ask that question? Because at the end of the Wikipedia page, it says... On April 15th, 2014, producer Jeremy Bolt announced plans for a sequel. Well, I guess they didn't go through with those plans. Right. I honestly... I mean, so, spoilers, Nicolas Cage dies. Like, in the climactic battle. Like, his right. tongueless his tongueless Chinese wife dies, and then he dies. <clears throat> right. Like shortly after, because he can't live without his... Well, his maybe wife. it was going to be how he became the Bandit King. Yeah, that would actually probably have been a better movie. Hmm. I'd have been more interested in that. Or they're just using Nicolas Cage to get Hayden Christensen over so he can carry this franchise. No, because Hayden Christensen leaves at the end. Like, the princess is in love with him because he saved the day, but he rides off into the sunset Hmm. to continue to redeem himself. And Nicolas Cage is already dead. Come on, Frank. Like, they they can figure it out. Like, Jackie Chan left at the end of Rush Hour, right? He came back. That's an appropriate example, I suppose. <laughs> or actually, no, he didn't, right? No, is the the second was when he goes to China, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Whatever. You can figure out ways to get people back into places that they need to be. Right. All so, right. what's your cage scale on this? Um, In His terms of, like, actual performance in terms of cage performance it's like a seven um and only because he's he's just really not in it enough um i wish he would have been in it more in terms of like actual performance it's like a fucking two man it's terrible like there's no good performances in this movie yeah um and that's like because they have the chinese people speak in english too like they're no, no one's that's the other thing so okay so they start scenes with everyone speaking Chinese. It's like mm-hmm. that thing they do, you know, like where, yeah. yeah, like, and then they just they make it easier just by switching English, so then you don't sure. have to read subtitles, right? So you're supposed to think that both Nicolas Cage's Crusader and Hayden Christensen's Crusader both learn Chinese, both how to read and write, right? Without any significant interaction with like other people, I, I don't know. It's 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 silly. There's yeah. a lot of suspension of disbelief that has to go into it, and yeah. But, uh, I mean, well, what like... I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like uh, being an opium addict, you don't really have a lot to do, so you can just maybe just fucking learn to learn Chinese. Right, just read and you know, if you're, learn how to read and speak an incredibly complex language. If you're a bandit king, you can just sit up on the mountain and just him. I understand because he's you know his wife could teach him at least like the written portion of it, maybe. Right. I don't I, I don't believe Hayden Christensen could learn Chinese, but man, so yeah. on a Hayden Christensen scale between um let's say 
what's the second attack of the clones right. and um shattered glass where does this rank uh it's probably revenge of the sith okay a lot of brooding a lot of heavy lidded eyes a lot of sword fighting mopiness yeah, you know <laughs> yeah okay it's what i expected it to be honestly watching yeah. it so okay so right. um yeah yeah I, I can't even honestly think of any more questions to ask about this movie yeah i think we it's, can send it at that it's it sounds um it sounds pretty just bland overall yeah, it's, it's it's really not worth watching i don't know right okay <laughs> all right um i just wanted to bring up real quick mandy because I um, will do a quick Mandy Redux. Because uh, I watched Mandy last night. Um, I liked it overall. I thought that I was. I thought it was common complaint for me. I thought it was too long, and um, I thought some of the visual stuff that you that because there's a really. You're right. The guy does a lot of really cool, interesting, unique visual stuff. Um, very experimental. Experimental. I just thought some of it was a little silly looking at times. Yeah. But um, it was a good. It was a good movie. I, I was surprised. Like I just thought they could have like trimmed down both the setup and the um, the the revenge piece of the movie a little bit. Yeah, I think that um, I mean, he's only made two movies ever. Uh, mm-hmm. Has no come comes Mothopolis or whatever his name is. Um, maybe he just like you know he goes ten years and he's like, man, I've had all these ideas for ten years, and just right. like slams it all into one movie, and then like we won't see anything from him until two thousand twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. Because his other movie, Beyond the Black Rainbow, is similarly like visually arresting, and it's got a lot of like abstract ideas in it and mm-hmm. weird, like unearthly landscapes and stuff. But it's 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 good, and I really enjoy yeah. it. Um, that was 2010. So what? Ma- what was Beyond the Black Rainbow? Oh, okay. So it was like literally eight years between that and him making Mandy. And I don't think he's like doing anything right now because I looked him up the other day and I didn't see anything in production. Hmm. So interesting. But yeah, it was. It was it was it was good. It was worth checking out. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So uh thanks for listening, everybody. Just so you know, we will be um for those that care, uh we'll be back with the regular podcast next week. Um with the top five Ingmar Bergman movies. And then at the end of the month, we will be doing the top five cult movies. Is that what we're calling it, Frank? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So um, we'll have that. And then as always, we'll be keep bringing you the quick cage every week. Uh, thanks for listening and have a good night. Yep. Have a good night.